It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're going to be South Sour Garlics. Chicago, come to the South Side. Like the fancy island. With your South Siders, Shane Reardon and Gabe Ramirez. We're excited. It's going to be a good time. Go White Side. Gabe, how you doing? It's been a week. Yeah, it's been a while. I, it feels good. We got a new manager, dude. Do you like it? You watched the presser, right? I, I watched the presser. I watched his phone call to Elo Jimenez. Yeah, the FaceTime. Yeah, the FaceTime. It was very cool. Um, it's funny because during the presser, he stumbled over his Spanish a little bit, and he kind of said something a little incorrectly, and I thought to myself, that's odd. Well, what then, was it? So he was repeating something in English, in English that he it, said. Is in that Spanish. when he was, uh, he was addressing Salvador Perez, saying, I know you're watching? No, 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 no. It was when he was saying uh, about communication. And he, okay. said, he said, he said, one thing we're, we're going to have here is communication. He said, aquí, uh, cuando habla de comunicación, no va a faltar eso. And he, so he, he stumbled over a little bit. And I was like, that's weird. That's not something that Spanish people do. You know, say real Spanish. I do that. I'm not a real Spanish speaker. But yeah. Him. So then I went online and I looked up, you know, like what his background was. He was born in Miami. Yeah. And, and then it made sense to me. It's like, oh, yeah, you're like me. You're you're, you're born here. His right. Spanish is way better than mine. But, you know, you're born here. You're not you're not you weren't born in Cuba. His uh, his dad was one of the the Peter Pan babies in 1962 that was shipped over here without their parents from Cuba. Oh, so wow. he's he's much more American technically than he is Cuban because even his dad grew up here. Yeah. His yeah. Dad was born in Cuba, but grew up here. It's funny because my dad's cute. My, my, my stepfather's cute. I call him dad. He's raised me since I was five. Um, but he's Cuban. My brother's Cuban. And, and I, t- I text both of them and I was like, so yeah, are you guys Sox fans now? Like what's going on? Oh yeah. Chico. That's how they talk over there in Miami. Oh yeah. Chico. I got tons of family in Miami. My grandma lives out there, my aunts. So I'm very familiar with like Miami Cubans and, and how they operate. So I'm excited though. Yeah. I feel, I feel good about it. He's, he is, he has a coach Eberflus vibe to him, someone that is uh, direct, stern, believable, and like don't fuck with him because you could tell he's like he's not that dude. That's not the guy you want to mess with. Yeah. So yesterday we had uh, well we had Pedro on the show on Parkinson Spiegel, and Ooh, then immediately following did him, you really? Yeah. Ooh, yeah I got more. I got questions. Two thirty. Yeah. Um, and then we had his mentor and World Series winning manager Ned Yost on right after him. And that was one of the questions Danny and Speaks asked was, you know, we're looking here, the White Sox fans are looking here for someone to hold their players accountable when they don't hustle, but somebody who can do it in the right way. Someone who can look a player in the eye and say, hey, that was messed up. You shouldn't be doing that. But then also be able to give him a hug right after and no love lost. And Ned Yo said, oh, yeah, that's absolutely the guy. He's got some red ass in him. He can go after you. There, There were times where he'd go after Salvi Perez and they wouldn't speak for three or four days. But then after those three or four days, 
Salvi Perez had his arms around his neck, hugging him, and he wouldn't let go. So <laughs> it's the the ability for the for one person to be both the good cop and the bad cop, and still retain all this respect. And that was the biggest vibe in there yesterday. I was out at the presser yesterday, and the glow coming off of Rick Hahn was something that we haven't seen in three years. It's Somebody on Twitter yesterday put out a comparison of what Rick Hahn's face looked like at the Tony introductory presser and what his face looked like at the Pedro Grafal introductory presser, and it's night and day. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm so happy for Rick. Of course, and I, and I know you're a big fan of his, and I'm sure you got to be happy that he's finally been able to make a decision. Uh, you know, and, yeah. and, and you know, yeah, this was clearly Rick's call. Yeah, not even. It was, I was going to say, not even make a decision, but do his job, right? That's yeah. got to feel good for him and for you guys that are close closer to him the most. But yeah, you heard a lot about that on Twitter, where they were like, Rick's face, you know, is, is not definitely night and day compared to before, and it's good. I mean, but this looks like a good hire, right? When you when you see it first five minutes in, you know, we, you and I, you know, obviously we speculated for, for months about who could it potentially be, but when you get it, you're like, oh yeah. This is what a GM does. He he thinks that the idiots that are out there, you know, picking guys from a tree, you know, no, the he gets to interview them. He gets to speak with them intimately. And then he gets he understands who a coach and, or what a coach should look like. And that's exactly what you got in Pedro Grafal. And, and, and you heard it in the conversation with Eloy. You know, the quiero mucho is they, they translated it as I love you, you know, but the quiero is like if you do it verbatim is like, you know, I, like I want you. Right. But that's not what that means when you're saying it in context. And it's not, I love you either. You know, te amo is I love you. Right. Yeah. Um, but to say te quiero is like, it's more like, like, I, I care about you. I, I care about you, the person te quiero, te quiero mucho. Okay. Like I, I care about you and I, I can't wait to see you. And it's a very Latin thing to do. You hear your, my grandparents say it, you know, my older st statesman in the family. So when you, when I heard him saying that to Eloy, you know, a guy that, that he mentioned that he'd met, but you know, didn't have that real relationship, but to say something like that for a, a Latin player and even just a Latin speaker, a Spanish speaker like me, you hear that and you're like, oh yeah, this is what these guys need. Like someone that can say that, but at the same time, hey, but, but you better be ready. Cause you heard him ask him, right? Like, hey, did you do, you got your work in today? Yeah. You know, like very- yeah, Outside and inside. Yeah. Outside and inside, very caring. Again, yeah. so when you say te quiero, it's a, it's a caring notion. And, and I think that that's what's something that, that I, I'm not trying to shit on whatever happened, you know, last year, but- I don't, I don't know if those guys probably felt that way with yeah. a Tony La Russa, that they no. cared about him in the same way, you know? Like it was sold to us that, hey, Tony La Russa is a Spanish speaker. He's going to have no problem. You know, he came up with Albert Pujols, and he came <laughs> up with egos like Ricky Henderson. Like, don't worry about it. Tony La Russa is going to, going to make sure everyone feels fine. And that just that's not what the vibe has been the last two years, two and a half years. The vibe has been of complete – exclusivity and not inclusivity. And that's something that they hammered home yesterday. Pedro Grafol made, made sure to made sure people know that this is going to be an inclusive yet accountable environment. And that just what he did for Salvador Perez, Salvador Perez coming up through that Royal system was not the prospect that Lorenzo Cain was and Alex mm. Gordon was and Eric Hosmer was and Mike Moustakis was. He was a lower level prospect. And Pedro Grafol as his mentor, father figure, catching coach, hitting coach everything turned him into a world series winning catcher an all-star catcher a gold glove catcher a silver slugger he did that for salvador perez this is a guy who is a a manager of not just baseball players but a manager of people yeah. and that's that's the biggest thing i i look we this past season you and i spent a lot of time talking about yoan mancada and how yoan mancada just was coming off as lazy and Yoan Moncada co comes off as if he doesn't want to be there. 
Yoel Moncada has very similar issues personally off the field that Salvador Perez had. Salvador Perez didn't have a father. Pedro Grifol mm-hmm. stepped in and he was that figure for him. Yoel Moncada, and we talked about this with Pedro on the show yesterday, has talked publicly and openly about how hard it is to not have his family here watching him play baseball. And that's Pedro was able to speak to it from his father's uh, perspective because his father didn't have his parents here. His father was a Peter Pan baby came over here in 1962. Didn't have his parents, had no family, nothing. He was, he was an orphan. So to have Pedro in the room, having a father that went through exactly what Yohan Moncada is going through, it's, it's going to turn him around completely. As long as Yohan Moncada is open to a new lifestyle and, a rejuvenation of his career with the White Sox, then it's going to turn his career around completely. One guy is going to do that. And the fact that Rick wasn't empowered to make this decision earlier wasted three years. Yeah. Of the organization. Yeah. Of the organization's potential. And I think, you know, Shane, you know, you and I, I think we mirror the sentiments of the entire Chicago White Sox fan base where, you know, granted we, we, we threw out names that we wanted, but what we wanted ultimately was just to get the best out of our guys. Right. And whoever that was, we want that whoever that dude was, that's what we wanted and fill in the blank with that name. And and so Pedro Griffal, obviously, you know, just taking the bull by the horns from the very beginning and establishing his presence here is what we can see, because we said it right. We say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm just using this one name, you know, Ozzy's not going to let Yoan not be Yoan, Right. And, and then some people would say, oh, lazy. And this, no, 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 not that. Yoan Makata, like the best version of Yoan Makata that can possibly exist. Now we get to say Pedro Grifal, and we can say that same thing with him. Pedro is not going to allow Yoan to not be Yoan. He understands the kind of talent that exists in that locker room and that dugout, and he is going to try his best to get the best out of every single individual that's there. And not just Latinos. I know we're harping on the fact that, you know, he's he's talking to them, but Andrew Vaughn, you know, like any of those guys, Lance Lynn, he's going he's gonna to hold everyone accountable, and he's going to make sure that those guys are doing it because he understands, listen, who better, not who better, I shouldn't say that because I don't want to just praise this man as if no one else is available. But like a guy like Pedro Grifo who saw the White Sox, imagine how he felt in, in, in the opposing dugout being like, they don't got their shit figured out over there, right? Or, yeah. or him salivating, thinking like, man, if I got a hold of that team, imagine what I could do with those guys over there. That's I'm sure he had that passion and that fire in those interviews and and, and, and an understanding and have a different, different level of understanding about that team and, and what he can do for them. And so that see where he's at right now and get, being given the opportunity. I know you're. I, I know right now you're not going to be selling or giving away too many of your White Sox tickets. I, I know that, Shane. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I mean, I, I got to see it on the field. It, it, like Pedro Grafal is the right guy, and he said it yesterday in his presser and on our station that there were three jobs available. This is the only job that was available where you're expected to win now. Hmm. So he understands the expectations. He understands the. What were the other two? Did he say? Well, I mean, the Royals job was open and the uh, uh, Marlins, the Marlins job was open. Okay. Yeah. So he knows what has to be done. They, they emphasized it. Rick emphasized it yesterday in the presser that they still believe in this core as being a championship core. And whether that's true or not, we, 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 we you just have to see. But the regression last year and not even regression to the mean. It's not even like everyone was overperforming in 2020 and then, I mean, in 2021 and then in 2022, they just, they were the worst versions of themselves. It wasn't even the regression to the mean. They were all so fucking bad. That was a great point. That was a historically bad baseball team for what they are, 
for what they should be. And yeah, health factors in and the, the core itself, maybe played 25 games together, but that was a historically bad baseball team that even if they just regress back to the mean, they should win 92 games, 90 yeah. games. Yeah. They're not an 81 win team. This is a team that should win the division every single year. But like I've said all season, that's not what I want. Hmm. I don't want them to just win the division every single year. And Pedro Grafol, out of everyone available, seems like he's not the sexiest name. Nobody knew who Pedro Grafol was before his name started being floated around to to replace Tony La Russa. But this seems to be, on the field and off the field, the guy who can turn an organization around. An organization that, by the way, made a complete 180. The fact that, you know, Rick broke down the process yesterday in his opening statement. The first round of interviews, first of all, they had about 30 names for, for anyone who didn't see the presser. They had about 30 names. They racked that down to eight. First round mm. of inter- interviews was between was with Rick, Chris Getz, and Jeremy Haber, the assistant GM. Second round, Rick and Kenny. Final round, Rick, Kenny, and Jerry. Mm. They didn't let Jerry influence who was getting this job based on who he was better friends with. Did he say who so, did he say people were in the final round? No. No, he just said we were, we were at eight, and then we broke it down, and then we broke it down. I'd assume three. Um, but Rick talked about it yesterday, the, the fact that he had to check himself before going into other interviews. Like after he had his interview with Pedro, he had to then check himself before going in to interview other guys because <laughs> all he could think about was, that's the guy I want. That's the yeah. guy I want. I want Pedro Cafol. So, yeah. like I said, nobody knows who the fuck he is. All we can do is talk to people who do know who he is, and we've been doing that all week on on Parkinson's Beagle between George Brett, Lance Lynn, Pedro himself, Ned Yost. Nothing but glowing reviews. About yeah, him. I got I got an opportunity to replay the Brett uh, George Brett interview on uh, overnight that I did this week, and just hearing how he spoke about uh, Pedro was really cool too. You know, like a yeah. guy like George Brett speaking in that way, and 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 I think you're right. You know. No one knew who he was, you know, but that's why you have to tip your cap to a guy like Rick Hahn, right? And he's gotten so much slack, you know, flack over the last shit three years, you know, just for the things that he's been doing. But it's really cool to see him make some, uh, you know, a, a decision like this where you're saying to yourself, okay, yeah, 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 we do like Rick Hahn. Yeah, 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 yeah. He does know what the hell he's doing, right? And he's, he's making good decisions because how can you, as a Sox fan, not feel good about this? How can you, especially if it's, especially because it's out of the blue, you know, it's like a guy that nobody was talking about really. So to see it, see it happen. And it's kind of like, I keep bringing up Eberflus because it's, to me, it feels the same way where, you know, coach Eberflus was a guy, you know, nobody really thought of, but then once you spent, once you as a fan got to spend some intimate time with him, watching interviews and seeing him coach, then you're like, oh yeah, dude, I can't imagine anybody else getting the head coaching job for the bears to see them be, uh, be what they can be in the next 10 years. And that's how I feel about this hire already, where I'm like, yeah, this makes me feel good. This guy, this makes me feel good. And this feels like somebody, like you mentioned, Shane, in the, some of our previous podcasts, who can be the manager of the White Sox for the next 10 years? And it's undeniable that that within the first few minutes, you say to yourself, yeah, this looks like a guy that can shape not only this team and, 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 and operate within the window that they have right now, but he has a track record of building up guys and, 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 and working with younger men to, to put them in a position to succeed. And, and you know he can do that with this roster as well. He's a guy who's been game planning against the White Sox for the last 10 years. He <laughs> right. knows exactly what this team is, and he knows what the organization is. So 
since he does know that, he knew yesterday to hammer home that under Pedro Grafol, this will be a fundamentally sound baseball team. Mm. He said on our show yesterday that when you pick up the ball in the outfield, you got to know to hit the cutoff, man. He's speaking directly to what this team didn't do right last year and hasn't done right for the last few years. And that's not all Tony's fault. That's Joe McEwing not coaching outfielders properly. That's Joe McEwing not coaching base runners properly. That's Daryl Boston not coaching outfielders and infielders properly. Like that, There's a reason why this team had the, the lax attitude that they have had the last two years. It wasn't just Tony La Russa. It's everything that they surrounded themselves with. So the problems are going to be gone. Daryl Boston's gone. Joe McEwing's gone. Frank Menachino's gone. The guys who knew what they were doing and helped this organization are staying. Ethan Katz is staying. Bullpen coach Kurt Hassler is staying. Um, what do you think about the What do you think about the fact that he's kept Ethan Katz? I mean, I, I love that, and, and I, he he talked about that with us yesterday, and it was like one of his one of his qualifiers. Like, I'm not coming in here unless Ethan Katz stays. Yeah, and I so, like that he said Ethan Katz is going to help him. You know, bridge that you know, the, 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 the coaching staff to the players. And he's yeah. someone that really, you know, identified with them. That made me feel good too. Yeah. Cause we, cause we felt that way about Ethan Katz, yeah. but to know that the new manager feels that way. And, and obviously the players felt that way. So to see all that come together, that feels good too. It, it does feel good. And it, the, the fact that he's bringing Charlie Montoya with him and a, a guy who, I mean, not the most successful manager of all time, but by any means he got canned in, in Toronto. And then they went on to win a lot of games, but one of the most respected bench coaches in all of baseball. Yeah, and brain. I loved I loved the fact that when Rick Hahn asked Pedro in their first interview or second interview, you know, when we're talking about a staff, who do you think you'd want to bring along as a bench coach? Let's just let's throw those names out there. And Pedro's first answer was Charlie Montoyo. And apparently all along, that's who Rick wanted. Mm. So Rick let him answer. No, hoping that he was going to give the same answer that Rick had been mm. thinking, and, and and they meshed perfectly on that. It's it's the perfect guy to bring with you when it, to have a former manager as your bench coach when you're taking your first managerial job in baseball. <laughs> you kidding great. me? Yeah, right. Charlie Montoya is incredibly respected and also bilingual. Um, I think he's is he Puerto Rican? Oh, I should know that if he is. I oh think man, he's Puerto Rican. All right, let me look that up while you're talking. Um, so it, more than anything, I just I I feel a sense of comfort. I feel a sense of comfort in this organization with this organization that I haven't felt in a very long time. I don't feel negative. I feel hopeful. I am optimistic. I am everything that you associate with positivity and happiness right yeah. now. And I don't, I don't really ever say that in both my personal life and talking about the White Sox. Yeah. He is Puerto Rican born in Florida, Puerto Rico, to be specific. Okay. Um, so I get a knockoff on my Puerto Rican status right there. Uh, let me ask you this, though, because I think it's one thing to be excited about a manager, but there comes a, there's going to come a moment, right, where we have to settle in and, and talk about expectations. And, and what are yours for this White Sox team, you know, moving forward? I mean, obviously, there's still the whole free agency period to happen, and we don't know who the actual complete roster is going to be. But just right now, I mean, with a new manager – and this team that is in place, what are your expectations for the 2023 Chicago White Sox? Well, I, I don't expect them to spend any money, uh, not real money anyway. Um, they they really tried to emphasize that yesterday, that they believe in this core and that there's there's you can't just fix everything with money. So I expect them to go forward with what they have. Um, sans Jose Abreu, 
I don't think they'll trade Eloy. I don't think they're, they're going to trade Robert, of course not. I don't think they're going to trade Moncada. I, I, maybe Gavin Sheets. Um, I think Andrew Vaughn stays. But my expectation at bare minimum is a division championship. Hmm. It's it's the AL Central is so fucking bad. It's the yeah, let's not forget the twin. The twins aren't going to be with Carlos Correa, right? I mean, you know, Buxton's yeah, always yeah, hurt. Yeah, so like, I'm you're worried about the you're worried about you know a Cleveland Indians team who has a Shane Bieber that's a year older who they might move on from because they can get some assets in return. So that's the, the AL Central is right there for the taking. Yeah. Yeah, at, at bare minimum, I expect a division championship. What about you? Yeah, I mean, for, for me, I feel the exact same way. I think for me, it comes with wins. I, I, I'm looking at a number in particular. I don't want to win the AL Central with 86, 85 wins because you're in a shitty division. I, I want to win it confident, or excuse me, uh, yeah, confidently. I want to. I think I want to. I want to hit 90 wins. To be very honest with you, I think we did that first year with Tony Larusa, and I want to get back to that space where you know the team is contributing uh, i want to score a lot more runs i think that's something that the white Sox struggled in in the beginning of the season just not getting out to fast starts i know a couple years ago they were always coming back from behind in the seventh eighth ninth i think it was like most runs out of any mlb, MLB team in uh, seventh eighth ninth so I, I don't want to be in that position where we're having to chase runs you know out there let's let's get out there let's establish it and then i mean, other expectations about the, the pitching what is the pitching going to look like? What's that rotation going to look like? Are you going to be able to get the best out of Giolito? Like, I'm looking for the coach to be able to coach guys, right? And so I need Pedro Grafal to get in there and fix the things that we felt like were wrong with the squad that we didn't think should be wrong with the team, right? Specifically Giolito. Um, you know, getting Lance Lynn to pitch, you know, obviously get, getting him a whole um, uh, spring training so that that way he can come out and be healthy, you know, get him, get him his days off, his spot rests. Those are the things that I'm looking forward to so that Lance can be, you know, be above 500. I'm looking at, uh, you know, like I said, Giolito to be hovering around 500, you know, Dylan Cease to stay on his hot streak, like no regression from him. I mean, these are the things that I want. I want Luis Robert playing 120 games. Right. And so if that means, you know, sit him every three, regardless of who you're playing, then, or every, you know, that's what I, that's what I want. So for me, expectations are just managing the team to the best of his ability, so that that way you can be in a position where you're not fighting or, or in the last two weeks of the season, you know, worried that you play the Twins four times and you got to win three out of four. In order, no, I don't want that shit. My expectations are to be sitting pretty come, you know, come September where you have a comfortable lead and you just got to do what you've been doing in order to be in that position. I want to be locked into a to a I, I would I would I would love. I know this is a lot of pressure. But I would love to be in a situation where you get that first round by. You're not playing in that first, you know, series. And it, and it's not to say that we're my expectations are to win the World Series or to to win the AL, but at least put us in that position where we're up there, where we've 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 handled the AL Central, like you mentioned, but but also we're not in the in this mushy middle with the other teams that are there. We've allowed ourselves and earned earned a spot to get that first round by. How sad is it that our expectations are for the new manager to just get out of the players what they are? <laughs> how sad is that? <laughs> that's, that's, because we know who we have. How, we know who's out there. You want them to just win 90 games. But they, no, no, but, but you said they, it best, Shane. You said you said it best. And then you make, make sure you repeat that shit on the radio. It, 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 it's, it's a regression not even to the mean, like that's what that was last year. It was below that. And, and so when we, when our expectations are to get our guys to play, it's because we've already seen it. We're not asking for Pedro Griffal to make, to do a miracle and to get, get something out of these guys that we haven't seen before. We're simply asking you to just go back to where we were. Let's get back to where we were, where these guys were playing. That's crazy. Get out of them what they are. It's not, it's, it's this, 
this shouldn't be so difficult. And that's, and it last year even made talking about it difficult. We hated doing this podcast. Yes. Hated it. And yes. now I'm considering continuing, continuing to do it for the 2023 oh. season. I don't know in, about you, but in the, in the contract for you right there, <laughs> maybe I, I'm, I'm considering not fighting my involvement <laughs> in, in this podcast. And Pedro Grafal has done that for me. If he can do that for me, what can he do for those baseball players? Yeah. You Just know they're feeling get good. them to be what they are. Right. Provide it, an environment that people feel comfortable, that the players want to be in. Provide yeah. an environment that players from outside of the organization look at and say, damn, I wish our culture was what Pedro Grafol established in Chicago. Yeah. Be you, the guy who changes the direction of the organization. Yeah. It's not a lot to ask for. Simple. Believability, man. Like that's all, That's all we need here in Chicago is believability, and we have the guys to do it. You know who I'm, who my heart is sore for, is Jose Abreu. You know, I think about him getting a yeah. Cuban, a Cuban manager after all these years. You know, on the team. Yeah. You heard a little. I heard a little bit for him in my soul because I know he's like talking to his agent, like, "All right, just tell him one million. Yeah. <laughs> tell him one million. I'll do it for a million. I'll, I'll go back." Yeah, it's but, tough, man. Because it, that was that was addressed in the presser yesterday. It, 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 uh, uh, coach asked it. I can't remember. Uh, can't remember his name. Everybody knows Coach. Uh, uh, he asked, it's just straight up. Do you want Jose Abreu here? And like, you can't talk specifically about players. You can't talk specifically about plans and show your hand. But Pedro just said, I think every Major League Baseball team wants Pedro, wants Jose Abreu, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. that's what it is. But the log jam. It's just. I, I, it's real it's there oh man it's tough because you, you can't we've talked about it over and over here and i've i've wrapped my mind in into a pretzel trying to figure out a way to justify keeping him here but if he's here his the only position he can play is first base yeah. i mean you're gonna have a guy who's used to playing 155 games and ask him to play 60 what are you gonna pay why are you paying for that yeah yeah it's God. tough Damn it, it sucks. I know. I didn't mean to bring it up, but I had it's to. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. So overall, we're feeling pretty positive, you'd say. I got I gotta admit, man, I'm I'm in a really good place um right now mentally about this team. And and it's very rare where you well, no, it's not rare, but I'm at a place, I'm back to a place where I'm like, can we start the season already? Yeah, okay. Can we get can we get this thing going? Because I, I I'm excited and I can't yeah. wait to see how what it looks like. Well, hopefully in our next episode, we're talking about the hire of a first base coach, a third base coach, a uh, a hitting coach, a catching coach. Hopefully in our next episode next week, we have an idea of the kind of baseball man Pedro Grafal wants to bring around this team. Do you have any predictions on uh, on who's going to be the first base coach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be um, it's going to be Jose Ab- Abreu. Okay. <laughs> jo- Jose Abre. Yeah. Abre is going to be coaching first base player yeah, coach. You know what? Maybe that's maybe he'll retire and he'll just join the staff. See, I'm sure he. I, what's funny is that that doesn't seem far fetched. No, it, doesn't. You know, it doesn't seem far fetched at all in the least bit. But, but but you see, you know, you know, uh, Boston and McEwing are going to get jobs within the organization again anyway. Oh, of course. Yeah. Shout out to Jerry Reinsdorf, man. You know, I, I love loyal people. As long as love, it's not on the, the as long as not on the roster, side, right? I, yeah. As long as not there, but as long as they have no influence on how the the, the guys play the game, give them whatever whatsoever. job you want to. Get. Yeah, exactly. So it would be interesting. Uh, no, no predictions at all. Okay. Um, but I, again, I just, I really, 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 I might catch a flight to Arizona, 
just to see the team up close and personal come spring training, man. Yeah. I, I, I think I might have to just so I can be able to talk about the team in a different way, you know? That's Gabe Ramirez at Chicago underscore Gabe on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Shane Reardon at Shane underscore Reardon on Twitter and Shane's Meat on Instagram. This is the Southsiders podcast for our producer, Tyler. Thank you very much for listening. We'll talk to you next week.